everybody welcome to the 273rd edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage chilling here and boy oh boy when i woke up and saw the notification from Woj, i didn't think my day was gonna be like this hold on you woke up at 10 30 bro bro i've been sick okay that's that's fair i was i was gonna say I had to get up early. We had somebody come and check, check the furnace. And I was like, you know what? Had a long week. I'm going to go. I've got a new coffee shop in, in um, North Portland, Cycle Master. Really good latte. So I was like, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to go for a walk. Got a nice pastry. Come home and I you know, see a notification. It's like, oh, Woj tweeted. I was like, that's oh, probably some someone cleared protocols or you know like you don't expect a trade to happen like i've been like itching for trades to start probably since the new year sure enough you 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 get the tweet that says portland has moved not only norman powell but robert covington to the los angeles clippers a franchise i don't think we any of us had on our radar as a trading partner well we thought norman would be a good fit we just didn't how would they generate the assets exactly and i think we saw how they were able to generate that uh it is a deal that i think leaves a lot of fans underwhelmed but let's get to it sage the blazers in return got eric bledsoe justice winslow keon johnson and a 2025 second round pick via the detroit Pistons. sage first off Let's talk about the pros. What are the positives of this trade to you? Well, I think first thing, we didn't get a first-round pick, and that's what everybody's coveting. But we did generate a lot of cap space. A guy that was Tier 3, Tier 4 in the last uh, last year's draft. And honestly, if Eric Bledsoe plays a minute for us, I hate how he plays basketball, but I, I think he's a really good mentor for – uh, Anthony and all of the young players on the team. He sucks, but he really, in his time in New Orleans, really mentored Na and uh, uh, Kyra Lewis. So at least we have that. But that isn't even like, that's still a question mark if he suits up for the Trailblazers. Yeah, I think f- first and foremost, you kind of look and you see Portland ducks the tax. This is about that they net about four million dollars in this this trade. They were just about over three million into the luxury tax. That's that's pretty big because this is not the season you want to go into the tax for. The the Blazers aren't going anywhere, and that's that's extremely evident. So it's important to stay under the tax, not become a repeater, and it opens up the full mid-level exception. So for, you should so- put that whatever MLE player we attain comes into the positives of this this trade. Big Crowder, for, for reference, was a mid-level exception yeah, player he, he, when the Phoenix Suns added him in the, the fall of 2020. Like Portland has been kind of had their hands tied behind their back trying to maneuver the salary cap because they've constantly been up against that tax. And we saw how it really deteriorated the, the team after the 2019 Western Conference Finals. They had no money. They were thankful that Rodney Hood was able to even take a, a, a pay cut to do the taxpayers' mid-level exception. So not for nothing, that was a, a pretty big win for this trade. 
But what I look at first is, and I think it's kind of the most disheartening thing when, when I read either the forums or on Twitter, is nobody's giving Keon Johnson the, the light of day. And I know Portland did not get a first round pick in, in return for, for this uh, deal with the Clippers, but Keon Johnson was a lottery level talent. Um, I was doing a lot of research on him and a lot of people had him in the top 15 in their, in their latest mock drafts, like the day before it was supposed to go up 12 to San Antonio was a hot spot. Uh, NBC sports and um, CBS had him at 12 uh, sports illustrated had him at 21. He ended up going 18. Uh, this is a player with, I think a really good fit to come into Portland. He should come in right away and play alongside Anthony Simons. I think Portland needs to give this kid as much time on the court as possible. Like if you look at his numbers, Sage, you're not going to be overwhelmed at three and a half points, 1.5 boards, uh, basically playing nine we minutes. You shouldn't even game. look at this year's statistics. Yeah, it, it's he's just really such hard. A he has never factor. played more than 17 minutes of action with, with the Los Angeles Clippers. This is a player who came into the draft the upside was there. He is very high risk, high reward, elite level athleticism, the ability to be a point of attack defender, something that we have really championed the Blazers to acquire for years now. And I think he has really solid form on his jump shot. And, and to be quite honest, when I when I watch him, when, when I look at him play, reminds me a lot of Nasir Little coming out of that's a fair assessment North Carolina in in the sense of you're getting this this high level recruit who just needs time to play you see the form is fine on on this year's jump shot but he he went into the gym and and worked on it like if we keep talking about players what 2k camp they would go to send Keon Johnson to camp it cannot be anything else but shooting. If he can become a, a good shooter and he really squares his shoulders up, he's got good balance, he's got good form. If he puts in the work, he's going to be a good shooter. Another thing I love about him, everything everything you, you see in the highlights, you read in the scouting reports, he is a motor player, high level, high energy. I think Portland has been desperate for those types of players. It's no coincidence the Blazers were at their best when they had Nasir Little at the three because he was the only player on the court that gave a damn about those type of plays. So I do feel like this is a the right place, right time for this prospect. Do I think he's the greatest prospect in the world? No. Do I think Portland should have gotten more out of this deal? Yes. But if we're being positive and we're looking at what Portland acquired – I am. I'm more excited today than I was yesterday because of Keon Johnson. I think he gives you a reason to tune in along with Anthony Simons and to see what do we have? Like, I think that the biggest maybe realization that that fans will, will take from this, this, this trade, the roster was bare. The, the cupboards were bare. Like Neil O'Shea basically left the, he left the refrigerator completely empty except for some expired milk. And there's not a lot to work with. Like you have to get worse before you can get better. And if you're work, if you're bad, at least you have some young, high potential players to develop. And for this last 30 games, we need to be feeding Keon Johnson all of the minutes and seeing how we can work with Anthony. I am really glad to see he is a different type of guard than Portland traditionally has had. 
So maybe there is a long-term fit with Anthony Simons. And we've talked about roster construction and balance and archetypes. He's a different archetype. So just give him time. Like, I don't even know if next year he's going to hit. But, but if, if he hits, Sage, you really are going to look back on this trade and say, okay, that, that was a good move. That, that's why it's really hard to just say, like, great trade, bad trade. I think it all hinges upon Keon Johnson and his his development. So we're we're I have uh the draft notes and we're gonna post what my opinions of Keon Johnson were on our blog, theholybackboard.com. As an athlete, he is he has that effortless athletic ability. Like he plays faster, he plays stronger than he actually is. He's like 180 pounds last time I checked. According to the combine, he's six basically six, five in shoes, six, seven wingspan, 185 pounds. He's a plus wingspan guy, which is good. You're you're absolutely right. He plays bigger than he is. He, he is strong. He's able to finish with contact. That was something that was very evident that jumped off the, off the screen to me. Like he finishes through con, he seeks it out. And so those are also, that's something different than Anthony. So again, you get something different that can hopefully complement our future uh, star guard. I've noticed a lot when he was on Tennessee and Tennessee had two post centers and like one and a half active shooters at a time. So when he drove, it was into a triple team. So you can't really like when you look at some of his misses, they were like Russell Westbrook, bad misses. Um, But you, he found the, the active player. Like once he drives, he caught a lot of, you know, the defensive vision towards him. He was able to kick it out. It was just like, it's hard to like, I, I think that he has plus vision, but with the team that he was on in Tennessee having just awful spacing, it was hard to really decide, is it good? Is it great? You just had, didn't have, I think athletically he's the perfect uh, player to pair with Anthony where the, I have to disagree with you with the shooting. Cause when I've watched him and I think I watched like four or five Tennessee games, like his legs mechanics and his shooting mechanics, like his arms and both weren't in time. So the, because of the mechanical issues of his shot, it didn't just go like too short, too hard. It went left, right. It, it missed everywhere. It was kind of like a shotgun approach of his shooting. So whoever the shooting coach is with the Blazers has a lot to do to work on his shot. I honestly, like for a lot of the notes that I create, like I have the high end, the med- med- medium, and then the low. I didn't even write a high-end report because I thought the shooting was such a, a difficult thing for him. Again, Tennessee, bad team for him. He had to take a lot of bad shots at the end of shot clock because he was the only buddy who could generate space enough to shoot. But it, it like I, I don't trust that he will get to a, a, an average shooter. If he gets to an average shooter, that is the 99th percentile outcome for his shooting. It's going to take a lot of work to get Keon Johnson to this to the point where he's not a net negative as a shooter where teams don't actively sag off of him. But the where he could make it up is the defense. He he's very versatile. His length and motor defensively will be good. I think that whoever our def, uh, Roy Rogers is the defensive guy. He needs to work on technique on like moving through screens and such. But he is a very, very toolsy defender that can be an on-ball and off-ball type of defender. He's he just great needs... at chasing down blocks. Like yeah, he, 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 
I think that he needs to use that athleticism to get more rebounds because he isn't that much of a rebound type of guy, but he is a very athletic guy that is different from who we have. And hopefully I would just put him on on ball reps, have, have that coaching staff, get his defense up. Cause if he can provide plus plus defensive, the shooting is less of an issue. It's still a humongous issue, but it's a lesser issue because when you're, when you're where we're at, Shooting is the most important thing. We're not competing for a chip, so we don't have like a plethora of good shooters that dribble well. So when you have a young guy like Keon, his, his ability to shoot is important. Um, but if he hits his medium expectations, he's a starter rotation guy. It from what I was looking at in uh, uh, at his tape from when I was looking at it two years ago. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think I'm more optimistic about his shooting. I don't see a MKG or Gerald Wallace massive hitch in, in the shot. I think he does need. I think he needs repetition. I think he's a player who I think lacks a little bit of confidence right now. Like he's buried on on that Clippers bench. And I watched the game where he scored his 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 high 17 points. You can you can see where he gets excited. But I mean, it, it looks. His shot looks better now than it did at Tennessee. So I, I am, I'm tired of projecting bad shooters to be big average shooters. So I'm just gonna. I mean, I'm I've got faith. I, I saw Travis Outlaw get drafted, and it, it he was two years away from being two years away, but he worked at it. Same thing with Will Barton. Will Barton had a funky shot, but he worked at it. It it can be done. So I'm willing to give Keon the benefit Who, of who's the our doubt. shooting coach? Fuck if I know. So whoever it is, <laughs> if he can get Keon to be a league average shooter, he is worth a first round pick. He is worth a decent first round pick. If he can get Keon and Nasir and all of our shooting, uh, non-shooting guys to shoot at a league average percentage, I he needs that. to be the, one of the most valued players or people in the Blazers staff. I agree. I also think it's important to to understand that Keon Johnson is 19 years old. Like it's there's so he's nowhere near peaking in terms of his, his basketball uh, talent. So, again, this is a long term move, uh, something that another positive of this trade, it kind of shows me the Blazers are aware of where they are in the NBA hierarchy and decided, okay, we, we need to, to punt this season. Let's see if we can get ourselves a, a high upside player and develop them. Like the last, it's been so long since we've had someone of, of that nature. And I mean, you're, you're kind of watching it right now. Like the, the highlight, highlights of the season were Anthony and Nasir, and it's no, no wonder they were the, the most recent first round picks we've had. So I, I don't love the trade sage. Um, I, I do think another positive is it saves Portland $30 million next year. And that's if they uh, do not guarantee Eric Bledsoe's contract. So currently Eric Bledsoe uh, is due $19.4 million next season, but I, I believe it's four days until the moratorium ends. Portland has until they can uh, non-guarantee it to about $3.9 million. So that's a, a very nice um, tax relief and, and salary relief. So it, it's it's not all doom and gloom, but Sage, what 
when, when you first saw this trade come through, what, what was the first initial like adjective or word that popped out to you when, when you saw that? Uh, first thing I did was go on to like the draft sites, you know, with the trade machines to see how much money Portland saved and to see if like there was enough for like a third team to get involved and send some draft capital. Let's be honest, Justice Winslow and Eric Bledsoe don't necessarily need to be a part of the team. They're warm bodies at best. Okay. Does a team need $19 million for one year to get over that tax line? Can Oklahoma city send in us a, a, a bad second round pick? Can there be some other move that's put onto it? Cause there was $3 million of like unevenness. So is there a way that a team can just give us something for, for this trade They make it a three team? Yeah. My, my first word was, I was unimpressed. Um, I am thankful we at least moved Covington and got something for him. But I'll be very honest. I, I am surprised that they were not able to get more out of the Clippers for Norman Powell or for Norman Powell in general. Um, I know the Clippers have their draft capital really uh, dried up still from that, that Paul George trade with the Thunder. But they had other young talent like Brandon Boston's been playing well for them. Uh, they have Terrence Mann. Like I, I was a little underwhelmed at, at the at the return. I, I thought Norm had had a higher market, and it, I think, puts Portland to first. So if you were in the camp of let's do whatever we can to build around Dame, I, I think you're probably feeling a little bit bummed out right now because Portland is now further away from that being an attainable goal by way of Norm and Rocco were Portland's probably two most realistic trade chips. And you really didn't get anybody that's going to help Dame. It wasn't like Norm and Rocco are going to help Dame achieve winning a championship. So, you know, it, it, we get, we get benefits to this like money and, you know, flexibility. And then Keon, absolutely. You have a guy that can defend the opposing team's best player. You have a guy that has probably the most athletic gifts of anybody in the combine era. Like, do you remember when he broke the combine record for his jump? Like that is that like, as much as I don't like his shooting, the tools for Roy Rogers and Chauncey Billups, that is intriguing. That is, is very interesting. He, he is a, a ball of clay that they can now mold him into the type of player that they see best fit with, with the, you know, the roster and the strategy. Um, he, in, he's going to fit into any defensive scheme that we throw at him because of the length, the motor and the athletic ability. And that's great. Cause like if we can move from the worst defense of all time to a bottom 15, that's enormous achievement that we weren't used to. We weren't used to having a decent defense. And when we did have a decent defense, we were like the West in the Western conference finals. Do you think that there's going to be another trade or two in the next week and a half? Well, we're less than a week away. Isn't it so, Thursday? Next Thursday? Yeah. Oh, shit. It, today's Friday. It's, it's Friday, my guy. So happy, happy Friday to everyone out there. Thank you all again for, for listening. Yeah, I think the type of deal that they made or Joe Cronin made, it, it signals to me more more of the same, essentially. Like, I, I don't know how you can justify making this trade and staying put. And I'll, 
I, I say that because you could have just moved Covington to really 20 other teams and got into the tax very easily. The fact that they attached Norman Powell to the trade is really where I'm trying to understand the, the motive there. I'm not, I was a proponent of trading Norm. Like I think three of Portland's four guards need to get moved. His deal is balanced, but it is long. So it frees up some long-term uh, salary. However, just the return that they got just kind of signals to me, are we going full rebuild? Because I don't think you make this trade and then continue to trot out CJ McCollum and, and try and win games when Keon's a six, five guard, he needs to play. You also have Dame coming back. Like Anthony's going to get paid. Like, so, so, so what is going to happen here? I think CJ has got to be like the next kind of domino to fall. Um, if you're talking about a lot of salary still left on the books, second highest paid player on the team, I think he's due at least $33 million next year. If you're able to get some draft capital for, for CJ, um, Larry Nance, I, I, yeah, Larry Nance, I, I would personally look to, to move if you can get that first round pick out of Larry Nance that you couldn't for Robert Covington. And then I think the, the biggest question mark for me is, is Yusuf Nurkic because had Portland rerouted Powell into, I'm just throwing it out there as a hypothetical, a Jeremy Grant type of player with some of the rumors had been saying, then, then okay, maybe you keep Yusuf Nurkic and you can go into next year with you know, that front court, but I don't know what the long-term I still, um, he's Joe Cronin's kind of keeping us all on our toes. I'm not really sh- sure what he is going to be doing. Uh, I, I would now move, move Nurk. I don't think you're going to want to pay him. I, I don't think you can just let him walk and he's playing really good basketball right now, which is, is really bad for the tank. And that's really shitty to say, but this move means you need to now get a high draft pick. You cannot make the playoffs now. I mean, that would be the ultimate like slip and fall on the banana peel. And then you get like crapped on by a bird. I mean, it's with it. I think Ants is going to stay. I think Keon's going to stay. Do you think that the three, what, what are the three other positions on the court? We have our backcourt. Oh, I think Nasir is, is guaranteed to stay. Well, no, 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 no. He's not playing for the rest of this year though. So who is going to play minutes for this team? Oh, play, I out? thought you meant actually stay. No, no, no. Like who's playing minutes for this team in the for the next few months? Like is it people that are getting traded to us and like, I don't know, Trendon, is Trendon going to yeah, be the abs- five? Abs- I think Trendon's a player that you need to see what you have there. He has shown some flashes of brilliance, but he also is raw. He, he needs a lot of playing time. Um, I think you're going to see CJ Ellaby. I think Tony Snell's going to probably play. I wouldn't be surprised if Ben McLemore gets moved. He is a, a nice piece off of the bench. Yeah, he for, can help a team. Like if they if they need three point shooting, he can absolutely help a team. And again, he doesn't really unless you plan on bringing him back next year. Uh, I think you need to move him because again, you you need players who if you're going to win game stage. You can't be having Robert Covington hit game-winning threes, which he did against the Pacers and he mm-hmm. did against the Celtics. Like I, I know in the moment the fans were super stoked, but I was like, why? At least could that have been Ant? Could that have been somebody who's going to be here? We everyone knew Covington was going to be gone. So that's kind of um an, an interesting way to approach it. But yeah, if for players, Ant, Keon, I think Justice Winslow is going to get some playing time. Um Trendon. Who knows if, if Larry Nance is going to be healthy? Greg Brown, potentially. Questionable. 
Greg Brown. Yeah. I mean, I think you do need to um, see what you have there a, a little bit, but I would be, I would be cautious, not just throwing ants and for to, to be scrubs players that need a lot of time. Like I, I do think you need some adults. Uh, so I think justice Winslow is a good adult to, to play out there. Um, Snell is a good adult. Snell is a good adult. And so I, I think whatever you're able, if you're able to get players for, for, from a CJ Larry or, or Nurk trade, hopefully you at least get a vet on an expiring contract. That's able to make things look respectable, but um, the rest of the year needs to be about losing as much as possible, getting a high draft pick and kind of looking at where you're at in, in the summer, because it's, I think we, we were t- texting about this earlier. It's, it's, it's going to take a while. Like you have to get bad before you can get good in, in Portland. Well, Olshay left a, a disaster. I mean, to, to really put it lightly, I think the franchise is a little bit in shambles after nine years of negligence by by Neil Olshay and a lot of that has to do with restocking the talent you know in baseball it's the farm system you know Portland we we just didn't have a lot so it feels overall like I think a bad trade I I'm not too fussed about it because if Keon hits it's better than Covington and, and Powell combined and frankly, like you said, Powell and Covington, they're not helping us right now. Yeah, we, that, that ship has sailed. It, it didn't work out. And while you would have liked to have gotten more, I, I'm just at least thankful that Portland is at least showing signs of picking a, a path, which would be towards the, the rebuild. But again, we still have until Thursday. Um, I'm expecting, a lot of moves can happen. I'm expecting more moves to happen as well. Uh, we do have a question, Sage. Uh, from Ike Sowers. Um, you kind of touched on this a little bit, and it's, I think, one of the, the the more intriguing aspects of this trade. But how many games do you think Portland, uh, Eric Bledsoe will play in Portland, if any? I don't know, man. It, that like There absolutely can be a, a world where he doesn't play a single second and accepts a buyout. I don't know what Eric's It could really be Carmelo fit. Anthony in Atlanta. Yeah, like you really don't know what Eric Bledsoe is going to be doing. Like, Again, they could make this a three-team trade and send Eric Bledsoe to a competitor. It's or, already, Blazers I, already announced it. Oh, shit. Well, I don't know. Like, it could be every single one, and it could be none. I don't know. It, it's about Eric Bledsoe. Like, I think that he knows that he's not going to get a major deal ever again, so he might just let the shit ride and get his 16 plus three and be cool with it. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think... He is going. I don't think any team's going to sign up for another full year of. Do you want to know the starting lineup for the Portland Trailblazers today? Um, do you want to guess it? Yes. Okay. Anthony. Yes. CJ. Yes. Tony Snell. Yep. Trendon and Nurk. Nope. You got four out of five. Larry Nansen Nurk. Nope. And Nakamura Nurk. We're small. Not that small. CJ Ellaby in there? Yes. So I mean, the starting lineup is Anthony Simon, CJ McCollum, CJ Ellerby. So the double CJs, Tony Snell, and then Yusuf Nurkic. Squad up. There's some Hall of Famers in that one, yeah. I mean, that's – so I, I think to, to, to Eric Bledsoe, nobody is, I think, signing up for $19 million of Eric Bledsoe next year. 
I, I Portland was a team that needed to duck the tax. I don't think they're going to take on, they, they just gave away a, a long contract to Norman Powell. I don't think they're signing up for another long-term deal in, in whoever they're able to acquire. He's a good Bird adult. Court. I hate him. Like he's one of my least favorite players. I, I personally he's, think he gets bought out. I think he gets bought out. And as long as it doesn't impact Portland. So I, I, I agree, or excuse me, I, I acknowledge I am not the, the, utmost salary cap experts. So I don't know if Portland buys them out if they're on the books for his 19 million next year. So if, if that happens, then they will not buy him out. Maybe it's one of those just, Hey, go chill in, in the Caribbean. And, you know, you don't need to show up for work. Cause I, I, I just, I don't envision a world where aunt Dennis Smith jr. And Eric Bledsoe and CJ and Keon, like that's, again, that's too crowded. So Dennis Smith is the low budget <laughs> Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, I mean, but those like, two I, are like you, you know in Pokemon where you can evolve. So once once Dennis Smith Jr. evolves, <laughs> it becomes Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know. Um, maybe he gets rerouted. He still can be traded, I believe, by himself. So it'll be interesting to see. But I think my my years working with the Blazers have prepared me for this. It's it's easier for me to root for losses. Uh, a little bit of backstory. I had one of my years I was there was the lockout year of 2012. That was the years where we were playing like four games and six nights, three in a row. Uh, the mutiny that took place in the locker room with Ray Felton and Jamal Crawford and Marcus Camby and Nate McMillan getting the ax and didn't have Dame. You know, we had that trade. We traded Gerald Wallace. We got that pick from Brooklyn. And God, Sage, if we won, I had to post and work so much. But if we lost, it was like, cool, I'm done for the night. So that's where I learned how to root for the Blazers to lose. I was like, just lose so I can go home and just enjoy my night. I don't have to post about Luke Babbitt, you know, getting 17 points and trying to be excited about it. So it really helped me be a little realistic about this team. Uh, And that's where I've been at this year. After I saw how they performed against the Nuggets, I was like, this ain't it. It, it. It's not. So it's nice to at least have a sliver of, of hope in, in Keon Johnson and ultimately Sage, then the best thing about this trade, the tank is still on. I have been watching so much college hoops. I, I, I was bugging out watching that two minute segment sequence from Chet Holmgren where he just went bananas. So I sent that you, video to everybody. Look at how weird seen he it. Like I was watching, I was watching the Ducks game, but I looked up and I took my eyes off the Ducks game for like two minutes because of what the seven footer was doing. So if, if you get a chance to now get a top four or five pick, all of a sudden the pick, risen on your board because of that. Yeah, he's up to number two. So that's freaky shit right there. I mean, like what I'm doing is I'm playing 18% of Anthony. 16% uh, CJ. I got, I even got some CJ Ellaby in there. I got some Benny Mac. I got some use of Nurkic. I'm just, you know, when you, when you realize that shit isn't going well, you can bet against them or you can use the, the single players that are still good on your team and do some daily fantasy. It is what it is. You just have to find ways to get past this, 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 this season. And, uh, this is this is by far the worst season. The worst season is when you have to be bad and you don't really have a lot to to watch for. Uh, we did have a little bit with Anthony and Nasir. Unfortunately, Nasir went down, but now hopefully Keon provides some highlights. Like it's 
it will get better. And then the it's it's just more enjoyable to watch when the, there's something at, at the end of the tunnel. This it's definitely the darkest before. Um, at least we're not Indiana Pacers bad. Like they're starting a six five shooting guard at, at center. We're not there yet. We there is so much more we can do to suck. Shout out! Like look at the Indiana Pacers. All of their bigs are hurt, so they put in some guy that I don't need Terry Taylor that I don't even know. Like there's there's still a lot that the Blazers can do to really impact this tank. So we're low, but at least we're not six five centers playing against Vucevic. Yeah, uh, I am excited to see the rest of the moves that the Blazers made. Um, again, I, if I were to give this trade a grade, it's incomplete. Yeah, you, it, you can't, you can't. And it's going to be incomplete for probably three or four years. And, and one before we wrap this up, one thing I, I will say, don't look at this trade and say, oh, well, we traded two first-round picks for Robert Covington and we traded Gary Trent Jr. for Norman Powell. And so look what we got. Those are sunk costs. We we really soon afterwards realized those were, were not the moves that, that we should have made. What's worse trading them for not much or keeping them and kicking the can down the road and, and then continuously to, yeah. to, to pay and yeah. yeah, pay Robert Covington four years, 40 million when he can't get along with a coach. And, you know, at least we ripped the bandaid off today instead of four years from now when 36 years old and we can't we have to start the rebuild then and that, at least now there's some like all right we're, we're starting from here and we have to go down a little bit for the rest of this year but now it's building back up if we kept the same foundation then it's going to be the same shitty foundation that we've been used to forever now at least there's something there's a rebuild that needs to happen so i'm, I'm happy that those were traded i wish we gotten that first but I wish, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm happy we moved on. I wish the return was a little bit more. Hopefully we'll be able to come back to to all of you uh, later this week with, with more tr- emergency trade pods. And, and hopefully the, the optimism is higher with the return. Uh, but it is what it is. And I, I'm, I'm, as I texted you, Sage, I'm just looking forward to for the draft. Like, I just really want that draft pick. And you know, seeing who could be next, who, who we can continue to build around. So that's what I'm trying to focus on. Um, anything else before we wrap this one up, Sage? No. Um, um, I'm just hoping that at least one first round pick comes our way in the next uh, six days. Preferably from this draft class as well. It would be nice to have a multi-pick draft. Uh, we've seen the potential that that can return. Clearly Neil O'Shea, fumbled the bag in 2017, but looking back, it, it could have been uh, just triple sevens a- across that slot machine had he done his, uh, had he had he done a better job. So it, it's not like those players weren't available, but you do have to have the picks to make those selections. This draft is cool, but the last two were so much significantly better that it's like, this one might not be the year that I want three. But I, I will absolutely take two. And if if there's a, a, a pick next year, I would be just as happy as this year. It doesn't need to be this draft where we've only looked at the top six players. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've looked at more. I like the draft. But I also, I also like the 2020 draft. Everyone thought that draft, oh, that had no top-end talent. That was No, that was a deep class. 
a lot of good talent and the top end talent hit. So honestly, a lot of the drafts lately have been really good. And I think it's a testament to youth basketball and the talent that's coming through the ranks. Like I can't really remember, like maybe 2014 was the last, like just average to bad draft. Um, I I've been pretty happy with, with the draft and especially the, the p- people available in, in the second round. So yeah, maybe not three this year, but I would love to have two this year and like two next year. Like let's, Let's build up our, our talent pool in Portland. I mean, if we're trading away everybody, I would like to have two for the next few years. Yeah, you definitely want to stagger them. You don't just want to have – because then they're all up for, you know, salary they, at the they same They get time. paid at the same time. Yeah. We'll probably be back in the next 24 hours. But if not, we'll be back on Sunday. So thank you to everybody for listening, and we're out of here. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go! Let's go.